Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. David had an innate desire to live his life in the presence of a God who is real, who is tangible. David understood that the king before him, King Saul, got away from a relationship with God. And his relationship with God became so fragile and so stale that King Saul ended up losing his kingship because he became so corrupted, because he lost the place of where he had a relationship with the God who loved him. It became nothing but rules and rituals, which he began to twist and manipulate for his own purposes. But David was known as a man after God's own heart. Why? Not because he knew the rules, but because he loved God so intimately. He had such a a personal, daily relationship with God that all the things that God asked of him and of us had value and meaning to them because of the relationship they had together. He wanted something that would resonate beyond the pages on on a paper, but that it would be something that resonated in his heart and into his life. And David experienced God so deeply that his desire was to channel his most intimate part of his being, his existence, toward knowing God deeply. And that's our main idea of the day. And if you have a pen, I would encourage you to pull this out and write in the blanks right here. It's religion becomes relevant through relationship with God. If all all of our faith is is just a bunch of rules. If all I do is I get up and I, and I, I do this specific motions and I pray in this direction and I, and I do it these times per day and I go to church on this day of the week and I give this amount of money and I, and I read my Bible on this day and, and I pray and I say these things on that day, if it's so rigid but I don't have the heart in it, if I don't have a connection with the God that it's meant to connect with, it is irrelevant. And that's why we see so many people all over our country, young people just leaving the church in droves. Why? Because it's not relevant to them. Because they don't have a connection with the God that loves them. Their parents are not doing a good job of of showing them that their relationship with God is vibrant and not just rules. Religion, it becomes relevant to our lives through a relationship with God. All of the symbols, all of our beliefs, all of our worldviews, all of our behaviors have meaning when we have a relationship with our Creator. And when we know God, we can begin to understand how He actually designed us to be and how life was meant to be like. And so there are a few things that would help us that we could pull out of the Scripture that would really help us understand, I think, what a relationship with God is supposed to be like. And the first one is this. We have three principles to a relationship with God, and I encourage you to write these down as well. The first is this. It's proximity. Proximity. The verse there says, live in the house of the Lord. So the very, that very first part of the verse, David was crying. and says, my one desire, my hope, my one thing is that I want is to live in the house of the Lord forever. What he's talking about there, other passages of Scripture talk about the word dwell. It says, if I could dwell in the house of the Lord. That has to do with our time. That has to do with, like, location. That's that's being somewhere. If my religion is is just the rules on the paper that I have to abide by, I'm just looking at a piece of paper and not actually looking at the person that it was designed from. 
that, has, that's, that wants to know me. If I come to church on a Sunday and I sing songs and then I go home and my life is no different and I don't let God interact with my life in any way, what's the point? What's the point? David understood that it was more than just saying things. It was being with God. And this has to do with our priorities. How do we spend our time? We have to do things. If you want to live in the house of the Lord, if you want to dwell with God in a place where God is, you have to take time to do things that find where God is. I can't tell my wife all the time that I want to spend time with her and never actually see her. If any of you have ever taken the five love languages test, there's one that's called quality time. That's, some people have, have quality time as their main, main gift. And one of mine, one of my highest uh, ways that I receive love is called quality time. And when people tell me, oh, Jared, man, I want to I come out and hang out with you. I love spending time with you. I love hanging out. Yeah, well, you know, I just want to do it. And it never happens. It's the most frustrating thing in the world for me because I'm a quality time person. You can't pretend to want to know someone. You can't pretend to have a relationship with someone if you're never actually going to be in the room with that person. And that's the same thing with this proximity. If you're going to have a vibrant relationship that is not a religion, you actually have to take time to know the God who is very real and is willing to spend time with you. You just have to take the time. And that's things like reading scripture. That's taking time away and praying. That's, that's worshiping God in your own space. That's, that's hanging out with other people and, and learning about what God is and how he inter- interacts with your life. It's allowing God to, to speak to you throughout your days. And David understand, understood proximity, living in the house of the Lord. It wasn't that he was going to church all the time. It was that the house of the Lord ultimately is in, in, is in ourselves, allowing God to dwell inside of us on a regular basis. So the first principle we pulled out of that was proximity, being with God. The second principle to a relationship with God is this, it's enjoyment. David said, I delight in the Lord's perfections. Another version, another translation says, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. What David was saying there was that he just recognized that there was more to God than just the hammer. It wasn't just you know, God is up in the sky as a, you know, sort of a, a, a the pull bar at a, at a casino where you, the slot machine where I just, I only talk to God when I need something and I pull the, the bar down and we'll see if the numbers line up and then maybe I'll get what I ask for. David understood that it was more than that. It was a relationship and he understood that, that God is something to be praised, that there's blessings in life. I mean, just like I was, I was telling during our giving moment today with, the, with those individuals in our church, they, they were blessed and they're so thankful. And they're thinking to God, they're like, God, thank you for what you've been doing in my life. If you looked at your life and you said, wow, look at all the things that God has done for me. Look at the blessings that he has given me. Look at the new life he's given me. If nothing else, the peace and the hope that you have, that I have. My life was destroyed. It was in shambles. My life was a wreck before I found Jesus. And now my life is, I have hope. I know that no matter what is wrong, I know that no matter how bad things get in my life, that there is always hope because Jesus loves me. And that he's with me always. And that nothing will ever be so bad that that will ever go away. So when David is saying, David is crying out to God in the middle of a cave. There were plenty of of psalms where David was being hunted by King Saul, the guy before him, who knew that David was going to be the next king. 
And Saul is hunting him down. And there's a point where David is living in the desert, in the wilderness. He's in a place where there's hardly any water, where he's cold at night. And he's like, God, why are my enemies surrounding me? But I know that you are faithful. And that's why David is known as a man after God's heart. Not because he followed the rules, but because he was always so intimately close and knew that God was worthy to be enjoyed. Enjoyment. The relationship is supposed to be positive. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you're fighting all the time, it's not a positive relationship. It's a stressful relationship. And I will tell you that a relationship with God can be so enjoying. Maybe, that's, maybe you need to hear that today. Maybe you need to hear, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anyone, a pastor particularly, tell you that your relationship with God can be fun. That it can be enjoyed. And I encourage you today to enjoy your relationship with God. Thank him for the beautiful things you see when you're driving on the road. The mountains and the beautiful sunrise. Just the other day, I was, we were pulling into our street and I'm driving down, uh, down, down 45th Street onto, turning onto Hatfield here in Lawrenceville. And my son looks over across the river and sees the sky on the sunset. And he says, Dad, look at the beautiful, the beautiful sky that God painted for us. It was beautiful colors. It was orange and pink. And he said, those are like Easter colors. That's, that's enjoying the moment. That's enjoying a relationship with God, knowing the beauty of him. So having a relationship through proximity, enjoying it, and lastly is interaction, interacting with him. The last part of that scripture that David was talking about, where he said, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections. And the last part, he says, and meditating in his temple. That's interaction, meditating. Other words for that are seeking, inquiring. One, one scripture, one translation actually said inquiring in his temple. I thought that was interesting, inquiring. What that tells me is that David was saying that it's not just, I'm not just coming to church. I'm not just reading the Bible to get what I want out of it. It's to understand. It's, it's funny, there's a show on television called Parenthood. I never watched it myself, but there was this one episode I did watch with my wife, and it was the husband and his wife are fighting, and they're arguing with each other. And the husband says to her, I hear you, I see you. And I guess that was his way of, he had learned this process of when his wife was talking, because I think she was complaining that she was always talking and he was never understanding what she was saying. And he was always complaining about it. And he wanted to let her know. He learned that a way to do that is to say, I hear you, I see you. And I think that's what we need to do with our relationship with God, is that God is speaking to us. Many of you in this room might, right now might be saying, I don't feel like God is ever talking to me. I don't feel like God ever, like I know what he's saying or, or that he's interacting in my life. I think if you just took the time to listen, and that's, that's critical in any relationship. Once I learned to listen to my wife, to actually hear what she had to say, to understand, not just hear with my ears, but to understand what she wants from our relationship, we were able to communicate better. And this is the same thing that David was saying with, with the scriptures, is inquiring in the temple, meditating in it, seeking God. It's taking that extra step to say, God, what do you want from me? And then shutting up and listening, taking time to hear. 
It's exploring faith. We have this banner here, and it says, explore faith. It's one of our critical elements of who we are. We recognize that not everybody here has all the answers. In fact, none of us really have all the answers. And so we want to create a place for people to explore their faith and say, I don't have this all figured out. And that's okay. And I believe that's what David was saying, and this was when he's saying meditating, inquiring, seeking, is he was talking about examining and exploring and this is, not, this is not accusations against God. This is honest questions. If you want to know something about God, you've got to go to where God is. He's in his word. He's at church. He's in people who, who have learned and have a strong relationship with him. If you want to know what God has to say to you about it, find out by looking for him, examining his word, inquiring into scripture. And it's also about listening. And I know life is all about our struggles in our faith. I know we're searching for a connection with God. And the other thing, the very top piece on our banner there is, is experience God. That's the whole point of all of this. A religion does not allow you to experience anything. It's just a bunch of rules that force you to walk through life. A relationship is an experience. I have an experience with my wife, a relationship with my family. There was a man that I know, his name is Fernando. Fernando used to be a Christian. He grew up, I believe, Catholic. He was from Brazil. And Fernando moved to America, was a businessman, knew all about faith in terms of the rules of what he was, should and shouldn't be doing. But if most of you know, when it's only rules, you just break them anyway. So he was sleeping around all the time. He was all about money for him. He just wanted to make as much money as he possibly could. And he found that his life was empty. But when he came to a place, and I remember this, I have a personal relationship with Fernando. He's a great man. Fernando told me, he said, Jared, the moment that I found Jesus in a real way, when I began a relationship with Jesus in a way that was more than just rules, I understood that why God gave us all of these guidelines was, was to add value and meaning for my life. Fernando started getting into the Bible. He started reading it. He started having a hunger for it. He started getting connected to church. He started building relationships and making changes in his life. And Fernando is now probably one of the most hungry, passionate followers of Jesus I think I've ever met in my life. He's leading missions trips to Cuba and to other places around the world. He's one of the pastors on staff at Lifestone Church where we came from. He's just a great man who's generous and has a heart for people. He'll go anywhere you need him to go. And Fernando's going to be coming and preaching at our church in August. And I'm so excited about it. But I'm telling you this story because it's an example of what happens when you find a relationship with God. It changes everything. All the struggles that you have are beyond, they're not as important anymore. Because you understand that the God who, who loves you is not just way up there. He is intimately involved and personal and can be with you in your life. And when you allow him to interact with you on a daily basis, in some ways, in and out of your work and your time with your families and, and when you're alone at night or when you're by yourself or on your way to work or whatever it is, he will speak to you and you will find that the answers that he gives you are so simple and will change things when you could run around for hours trying to figure out things on your own and still end up nowhere. Your faith can become alive. Your faith can become vibrant you can become more than just intellectual about God. It can become integrated into your life. And so my challenge for you today is this, is seek the relationship. Seek the relationship. It's very simple. And there's four things to that. The first is to examine your faith. Where do you stand today? I mean, think about it. Is your faith 
rules? Is it a system? Is it a structure you've built? Or do you have a personal relationship with God, one that interacts with you and adds value to your life? Examine your faith. I encourage you to take steps to build relationship. I talked about that a moment ago, about, about being, taking time to read Scripture, taking time to talk to people who can answer questions for you or help you through that journey, taking time alone with God. Connect with others who will help you. I've, I make good friends, and I make, I make friends, and I have friendships with, and relationships with some people because I know that I still have questions and I wrestle with things. And just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I have all the answers. I have a lot of struggles that I deal with personally. And so I have other friends of mine who I can spend time with and talk to and who will help me and just help me walk through life. I encourage you to connect with others. But then you got to make it a habit. That's what I started doing. I made it a habit. I, every day I, I try to get up and I read, read the Bible. I have a, an app. It's the, 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 the Bible app on your phone you can, you can get. And there's lots of plans there. You can even set alerts there. Whatever you want to do. If you want to do it on your way to work, sometimes while I was driving downtown, I would, I would listen to worship music and I would memorize scripture. Other times I'd do it on my lunch break. Sometimes some people get up in the morning. Whatever it is, just build it into your schedule and make it happen. Whatever it is, make it a habit and it will become part of your life. My wife and I have a date night every Thursday night. Why? Because it's so easy to not have a date night on Thursday nights if I don't do it. And so we said, we're going to start doing it. Every Thursday, we're going to have a night dedicated whether we go out or whether we stay in. Our phones are off and we do something together. That's a habit. We've built that into our life and our relationship is stronger because of it. The same thing applies to your relationship with God. Come on! Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.